0: Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Lowe, and we're coming to you partially from the campus of Middle Tennessee State University and partially from my home via social distancing. The Liberty Bell is a treasured emblem of American values. There's more to it than history and symbolism. Dr. John Vile, Dean of the University Honors College and a political scientist, chronicles the many facets of the Liberty Bell in his new book, The Liberty Bell and Its Legacy, an encyclopedia of an American icon in U.S. history and culture. We'll let freedom ring after this.
1: Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. An MTSU professor will work to disseminate information to mitigate the spread of COVID-19 in communities of color as a member of a statewide task force. The Office of Minority Health, a division of the Tennessee Department of Health, has appointed Chandra Story, an associate professor of community and public health, to a statewide health disparities task force. Meetings will take place weekly each Thursday at 1 p.m. Central Time via teleconference. At the initial meeting, April 16, the state health department shared current data and the OMH announced that a communications campaign for communities of color will be launched in the near future. Story said at least 30 individuals were on the conference call. And Michael Hansen, an assistant professor of audio production, along with Jill Courtney, a doctoral student at Franklin University in Columbus, Ohio, found a way to reconfigure Hansen's critical listening class as the COVID-19 pandemic Prompted a rapid switch to universal cyberspace learning at MTSU. Communicating with the students through Zoom, with both audio and video features, enables Hansen to make what he calls his crazy hand gestures as he teaches. However, Zoom itself does not provide sufficient audio quality for students to discern what they're actually hearing in digital audio files. Using a laptop, a digital audio workstation, and a critical plug-in called Listen To, Hansen fashioned the methodology that would enable him to continue teaching three sections of about 20 students each as the spring 2020 semester continues. Each student enrolled in the class is required to have a pair of top-quality headphones to facilitate listening. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com.
0: Welcome, John. Uh, it's nice to uh, talk to you, even if it is from more than six feet away. Let's start with the crack, because everybody wants to know about the crack. How did it happen, and why can't it be repaired?
2: Well, there have been attempts to repair it, and one of the reasons that it's so obvious is that it was actually drilled out uh, and then, you know, tried to ring it in, and it, it, it still was a dud. But the first question you ask is harder to answer. Uh, There are at least five or six different explanations of when it happened. Um, Probably the best is sometime in the 1830s, possibly celebrating the death or, or commemorating the death of Chief Justice John Marshall, or possibly on an occasion of celebrating Washington's birthday.
0: And I can't help but notice that it has two little pegs, one at the top of the crack and one at the bottom of the yeah. crack. Yeah. Yeah. Is, that, is that to prevent further cracking?
2: When they drill them out, they put those pegs in there. You, what you don't want is a bell where the two pieces are hitting together. And so that was to prevent that from happening. But again, it, it did not work. And interestingly, the 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 Liberty Bell that we have right now is actually the second, well, it's actually the third Liberty Bell. The first one cracked either on the way from England to here or possibly because it was rung incorrectly when it was first rung in the United States. And then a, a new Liberty Bell, well, they melted the old one down. Uh, two American makers did a second one And it sounded awful, and so they melted it down, and the river Bell we have then is actually the third version.
0: Well, since it has a crack in it, did anyone float the idea of trying to replace it with yet another bell?
2: There have been, um, there are, of course, replicas all over the country. There's at least one in every state. Um, Very interestingly, on the bicentennial, there was a group of, American procrastinators who went over to England and demanded demanded a, either a refund or a new bill, and their response was only if we gave it back to them in the original package.
0: I, I, I would even imagine even then the British telling us what we could do with our bell. Did anyone object to the engraving of biblical scripture on the bell? Uh, the
2: the bell was done about 1751-52, Some people think uh, as a jubilee or 50-year celebration of one of William Penn's uh, charters. And Penn, of course, was Quaker. Uh, This was long before the adoption of the the First Amendment, so not to my knowledge.
0: I recall that as a child, the opening credits to the uh, NBC television program based on John F. Kennedy's book, Profiles in Courage, including a Liberty Bell being rung. In what other ways has pop culture sort of appropriated the bell as a symbol?
2: Well, one of the most interesting is in the movie The Ten Commandments by Cecil B. DeMille, where in the final scene, Charlton Heston, I guess it is, whoever's portraying Moses, pulls up his left hand to look much like the, the Statue of Liberty and then repeats... Uh, proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all the inhabitants thereof, which is a passage from the Biggest 2510 uh, that's found on the Liberty Bell.
0: Are there other ways? I think the Bell Telephone Company back before Divestiture used it.
2: Yes, there, there, there are a lot of companies that have used it. Probably the most interesting is an event, and let me see if I can find the date on this, April the 1st, 1996, uh, there were full-page advertisements that were run in the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times, which proclaimed that Taco Bell had purchased the Liberty Bell and was going to rename it the Taco Liberty Bell. And they didn't give anybody notice of this, and so the the National Park Service, which has custody of the Liberty Bell in Philadelphia, their phone just rang off the hook. You know what an outrage it was that we had sold this national symbol, and of course it was an April Fool joke. uh, But one that did pretty well for the company. Uh, It got a lot of attention uh, because of it. If I recall, they ended up donating fifty thousand dollars to the National Park Service for the upkeep of the bell, and um, most everything was forgiven. I think.
0: How does the uh, National Park Service provide upkeep for the bell? What do they have to do besides protect it? Well, of course, protection is, is
2: fairly important. There's been at least one person who uh, tried to take a, a hammer to the bill. Um, there has been at least one or two occasions where the bill, because of its exposure to sunlight, uh, has developed some mold or mildew or some kind, of, some kind of crud on it, and they had to wax it down. Uh, to to prohib, you know, to stop some of the interaction that it was having uh, as a result of that, and of course, you know, I, I guess well over a million people come to visit the Bell every year. So they're, they're, you now go through, you know, it used to be an Independence Hall. Now there's a separate pavilion. It's actually the second of two pavilions that has been uh, has been built, and you go through a series of sort of explanations and. Uh, souvenirs connected to the history of the bell and you know part of it is just keeping people informed and making sure that the you know they get through in an orderly fashion
0: about how far away from the bell are you when you go through the line
2: you can no longer touch it uh i have talked to people who remember as children going to the bell and being able to do that uh you uh but there there are ropes around it right now. I, I would say within about three feet or so uh, of the bell, and again, it it faces out toward in a winded toward Independence Hall, uh, so it's you know it's fairly visible. But uh, the, what they have done, especially for children, is uh, children and college professors, is as you as you go through the exhibits, they have a, a sort of a replica part of the Liberty Bell that you can actually run
0: your hand down to sort of feel the texture of it. We'll take a break right here. We'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the Record. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national
1: and international artists. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture.
2: The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms, There is no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: Our guest, Dr. John Vile, Dean of the University Honors College and Political Science Professor, and we're talking about his book, The Liberty Bell and Its Legacy, an encyclopedia of an American icon in U.S. history and culture. Is it true that some people have actually kissed the Liberty Bell the way people kiss the Blarney Stone in Ireland?
2: I'm not sure they do it for good luck, but absolutely. Um, one of the fascinating things about the bill that a lot of people don't know about is that from 1885 to 1915, it took seven trips throughout the United States, uh, many to the south as part of the you know post-Reconstruction reconciliation, uh, but one as far away as California. And it would stop in stations all along the way, and it was very typical for people either to hand hand a piece of jewelry uh, to the person guarding the bell to rub it up against it, or to hold or, uh, to lift their children up, and the children would either hug or kiss the bell. And in one incident, in, uh, sort of an ugly incident in uh, Texas, an African-American girl got up and, and kissed the bell, and there was a near riot that developed. But it was, you know, it's... It's not quite like a relic of the saint or saints or a piece of the cross, but it sort of comes close in, in, a, in a political sense.
0: Aside from the fact that with all those people kissing the bell, that doesn't seem terribly sanitary.
2: Well, especially in the time of coronavirus, yes.
0: <laughs> How have other countries copied the Liberty Bell?
2: Times we have been the ones that have sent copies to them. There's a Liberty Bell at, at Normandy Beach. Uh, there's, there's a bell in uh, Berlin. Uh, and then there are various peace bells, you know, some of which are modeled on, on the Liberty Bell and some of the, the uh, Chinese tend to have a little bit different shape for bells than we do. And of course, I've had bells probably before the Europeans did, or at least as long as they did.
0: Isn't there a section in your book on a Cuban Liberty Bell?
2: Uh, there is. Again, it's not it's not a replica of the uh, of the U.S. Bell, but it's it's a bell that was used during the uh, during the Cuban Revolution uh, as a symbol, and uh, it's sort of a fascinating story. When Castro was coming to power, uh, he and his men actually kidnapped the Liberty Bell. Uh, been not guarding and it
0: got taken back from It's rather bizarre.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of bizarre tales around Bells. There is, there is a replica of the Liberty Bell on a number of college campuses, including one at uh, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s Liberty University, and like a 20-story tower there.
0: Yeah. In what ways has the Liberty Bell come up in litigation over the years? Well, that's a great question. There have been,
2: there have been a few demonstrations, well, a lot of demonstrations around the Liberty Bill, Some of which have ended up implicating First Amendment issues. Uh, you know, you, whatever rules you have, you have to apply them uniformly. You can't. You, uh, and there, there was actually litigation in about the '40s, if I recall. For a time, there was a prohibition. <clears throat> probably unconstitutional but a prohibition on taking pictures of the liberty bell uh, and there were there was at least one journalist who went to court uh, after being you know hauled into court for violating that rule which is, has since been dropped
0: and poems have even been written about this bell it's uh, inspired oh, yeah. a great deal of literature has it not it has and one of the fascinating things about the liberty
2: a lot of people, including me, would have gotten wrong prior to writing this book, is we tend to associate it with the American Revolution, and we don't actually know for sure if the Liberty Bell was rung during during the Revolution. We, We know that it commemorated many events in Philadelphia, but we also know that the scaffolding for the bell was somewhat precarious in 1776. We know that bells rang in Philadelphia, but we're not exactly sure whether that, whether that bell rang. Um, we associate the Liberty Bell as an emblem of the American Revolution, and so it has subsequently become, but the Liberty Bell really came into national prominence as a result of the abolitionist movement. Uh, they, they would publish a book, mostly of poems and short stories and essays, uh, each year. And they chose, they chose a bill that looks not identical to, but similar to the Liberty Bill as a frontispiece. And over time, the bill became a symbol for liberty. And one of the, well, uh, as, as the title suggests, but one of the connections is, you know, the passage from the Bible that it comes from in Leviticus. Was actually to announce what was known as a year of jubilee, which was every fiftieth year, all debts were supposed to be given, and all the slaves were supposed to be free. So it made a particularly fitting symbol for that. It was later employed by uh, women suffragists, uh, as well as uh, as well as by subsequent.
0: In the course of researching this book, uh, did you debunk any myths surrounding the Liberty Bell? I did.
2: Um, You know, if if I could just add, one of the things that so interested me about the Liberty Bell is, you know, I often will will go to local school classrooms during Constitution Week, and I, I very quickly found that it was as vivid an image probably as i could find if, if i'd say anything about the liberty bill i get just pelted with questions in a way that other symbols didn't seem to have quite the same if i can play on a, a word here it's sort of the same resonance maybe as the liberty bill uh, would and we know that in the 19th century there were some there were some stories that were written about the liberty bill with strain for duality. They were very good stories. Uh, one was done by a guy named George Looker, who was actually a friend of Edgar Allan Poe, and he has this, you know, striking story about an elderly gentleman waiting to ring the Liberty Bell, and his grandson, or, or this flaxen-haired youth, uh, is waiting at the door of the Independence Hall to tell him uh, that the Declaration of Independence has been signed, and he He runs up and yells out, you know, it's been signed, and then uh, this old man begins ringing the Liberty Bell. Great story, uh, but purely fictional stories.
0: Time for another break. We'll be right back. This is MTSU on the Record.
2: The Tennessee Employment Relations Research Association, or TERRA, gives labor relations specialists and academics a chance to share their views and their data, TARA wants academics and other interested in human resources and industrial relations to work together at meetings and conferences to strengthen the workplace. Many MTSU faculty belong to TARA, which has members in 20 states and seven nations. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: The Middle Tennessee State University Women's Studies Research Series features compelling monthly talks on gender-related topics by faculty and graduate students. The series offers a chance to learn about research and progress and to chat with faculty in an informal setting. All lectures are free and open to the public and are held on the MTSU campus.
1: For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com.
0: We're talking about the Liberty Bell and its legacy, an encyclopedia of an American icon in U.S. history and culture, the latest book from Dr. John Vile, dean of the University Honors College an aficionado of all things pertaining to the origins of our great nation. John, has it occurred to you that the crack in the Liberty Bell makes it even more emblematic of American democracy in that our attainment of that goal as a society is flawed and imperfect? Yes,
2: it has. And I'm trying to remember. You're you're better at cultural information than I am. But there's a a Canadian who recently died who has a song that says something to the effect, uh, "Everything is cracked. That's how the light gets in." Uh, and he, yes, and others have made similar comments.
0: Yeah, I'm not familiar with that particular uh, Canadian. Uh, it's the the, the uh, other pop culture reference in the book that I am most familiar with is of course Frank Capra's Liberty Films, uh, and uh, he is the director of It's uh, a Wonderful Life, as well as. Uh, Uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town, Meet John Doe, and a a lot of quintessentially American movies that have been labeled Capricorn because they are so uh, closely identified with heartfelt American values of fairness and decency and democracy. Yeah, it's interesting. There have been studies as to, you know, what does it take to
2: for people to recognize the Liberty Bell and for many people the shape alone is enough for others it's a bell with that shape that has a crack in it and you know maybe for still others maybe you need to have the, the emblem around it and that sort of thing but uh, most it, it's an emblem a bit like the flag it's just about everybody's able to recognize fairly quickly
0: it's almost a shame that uh, the Liberty, you have to go to Philadelphia to see the Liberty Bell up close. And personally, it's, uh, if it could be taken around the country again for the current generations, it seems like it would be a wonderful thing. However, it's, it's a lot more convenient to take the AIDS quilt from place to place or a mock-up yeah, of the Vietnam Veterans Memorial than it is the real honest-to-goodness Liberty Bell.
2: Yeah, and for you know, for those that are interested, there is one on the grounds of the Tennessee State Capitol. Uh, every state has at least one. They, they did replicas during, uh, I believe it was the '50s for the the war bonds uh, that were being '40s and '50s of war bonds at that time. And then, as I said, you know, you can actually buy one for about seventy five thousand dollars. The last time I looked.
0: I'm 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 sorry. I'm I'm saving my money for after the coronavirus. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, there is another thing you omitted in your section on uh, films in the Liberty Bell in the 1976 movie The Bad News Bears. While the uh, the other Little League teams' uniforms were sponsored by Denny's restaurants. The, ba- okay. the Bad News Bears uniforms had a Liberty Bell image on the back and the words, Chico's Bail Bonds, let freedom ring.
2: <laughs> I'm so sorry I missed that. It, it, you, you may remind me, if, if, if you ever hear me getting ready to do a second edition, remind me and I will try to get that reference in there because it's, it sounds like a fun one. You
0: You can even buy a uh, Bad News Bears jersey Still to this day on the internet with Chico's bail bonds, let freedom ring on the back, and a picture of the Liberty Bell complete with crack. You know, there are there are no, there have been a number of teams, many in the
2: Philadelphia area, uh, where there have been contests like beauty contests and whatever where they use the term bell with B E L L E as in female, so the
0: you know the Liberty Bells would be maybe a female basketball or baseball team. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Veterans Stadium where the Philadelphia Phillies used to play have a bell?
2: Yes, it had a, if I recall correctly, it had a big neon bell-shaped bell that every time it hit a home run, uh, it would light up. And that has subsequently been moved I believe, to the entrance of the new stadium there. I I have an entry in it uh, for about it.
0: But if you were to actually try to ring the Liberty Bell today, it wouldn't have that great peal of freedom sound that we've come to expect. It would sound more like somebody was drunk or something, wouldn't it? I mean, it wouldn't... It'd be more of a thud, I think.
2: And, And again, there was a little bit of that in that second bell that I mentioned, where... When they recast it, you have, to have, you have to get your percentages of metals right. And some people believe they ended up putting in some pewter or something that threw it off a little bit. Uh, but a, a crack bell just does not have a very good sound to it.
0: The book, once again, is The Liberty Bell and Its Legacy, an Encyclopedia of an American Icon in U.S. History and Culture by Dr. John Vile. This is not his first rodeo when it comes to encyclopedias. He's the dean of the University Honors College and a political scientist. Uh, Hope everything's going well over there at the Honors College, John.
2: It is. We've been doing uh, our thesis defenses through Zoom, which has been an unusual experience, but...
0: Both students and professors seem to have stepped up, and I, I think for most of them, it's been a, been a very good one. Uh, the kids are dedicated, and they deserve not to have this pandemic ruin their educational progress. And uh, kudos to you and all of your staff for keeping things going. Thank you, John. Thank you. We'll be right back.
2: The Army ROTC College Program at MTSU prepares students mentally, physically, and emotionally to become leaders and promotes virtues of duty, honor, country. ROTC cadets are involved in all academic disciplines, athletics, and student organizations at MTSU. Full scholarships and tuition assistance are awarded based on merit. All cadets upon graduation will serve their country as second lieutenants either in the Army, Army Reserve, or Army National Guard. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to MTSUnews.com.
0: The Middle Tennessee Writing Project is a program that fosters the effective teaching of writing to students in kindergarten through high school. The project hosts annual summer institutes where teacher participants teach and learn from each other effective techniques of teaching writing. In addition, the project sponsors summer writers' camps for youngsters. MTSU is one of 185 sites of the National Writing Project and one of only two in Tennessee. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Randy Weiler has the middle moment. Organizers of the MTSU Customs Student Orientation are moving to an online format for new freshmen and transfer students
2: this spring and summer because of the coronavirus pandemic. Gina Poff, new Student and Family Programs Director, shares more. Will look a little bit different this year with the inability to bring students to campus we are using an online platform called customs online this provides our students with the resources and services and information all about campus before their customs date that they signed up for on the customs date that they signed up for we will be providing virtual experiences including student interactions as well as welcomes and specifically academic advising. So they will have time on those dates to interact, meet with their advisors through Zoom or phone calls or um, webinars that will allow them to be advised and and work on a schedule for their fall classes.
0: That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU On The Record, a news and
2: information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.